Hi guys, it's me Paula and I just want to say hello to you and happy Thanksgiving. Some of you I missed on my Paula praise for such a time as this call and we spoke about a serious thing which was conflict and if you weren't involved with that, I'm sorry. I will try to recap a little bit but I have a new message today about anger and damaged emotions that need healing. So Father, Lord, we come before you in the name of Jesus and Lord, we just surrender our lives to you. Father, we pray those who are listening right now, if they have any false self, a false self that they're presenting to you, Lord, where they've had to push down their emotions and have been uh, angry but have not admitted it. But Lord, let everyone see who they really are in you, that they are loved and accepted in the beloved. And you're not looking for a perfection. You're just looking for honesty. You're looking for us to admit our faults and also not to blame others. If we're sick or sad or depressed, uh, something happens that's negative in our lives. It's very childish to think that it's someone else's fault. It's usually a fault with us, Lord. So I pray that people would recognize at this holiday season, there are weaknesses in our lives, in our families, in our world, in our government. No one is perfect, but Lord, you are making us your saints, your children to go from glory to glory in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. That's an amazing thing, isn't it, that when we are a child of God, the Bible talks about the presence of God. And I just want to remind you for a moment, if you don't remember this, <laughs> yeah, what is the glory of God? What is, when I say the glory, there are people who sing about the glory and make movies about the glory of God and and these beautiful songs that hit the top of the chart, Christian songs that show me your glory and they take that from Moses when he was with the Lord and he said, show me your glory. And the glory of God, what is the glory? Where is the glory found? Well, the heavens declare the glory of God, Psalms 19. It is the manifested presence of God on flesh. <laughs> it is his renowned fame. It's it's um, his beauty, his splendor. Okay, It's his nature which deserves for us to bow down and respect his excellence, his beauty, his radiance. So in Old Testament times, I wanted to make this clear to you, no one was permitted to look directly at God. Exodus nineteen twenty one through 22 says that. You know, just as if you would have an experience and be overwhelmed, you're a sinful human being, you're, you, you could cause your death if you got into the very presence. It says he, he actually dwells in a, a glory light, like God dwells in a radiance, incomprehensible radiant light. That's where he dwells. So God appeared to his people then in the old covenant in different ways, um, not direct, but indirect ways and ways that he revealed his glory to them. He did. This glory gave his people a taste of what God was about, but he protected them from the danger of really meeting God face to face. That's why it's audacious when someone says, oh, um, if God were real, he would appear to me. Yeah, okay. No, God wouldn't appear to you, and if he did, you'd be burned up, okay? In your present state, you can't stand in the presence, in flesh, in contact with the Spirit of God. You just don't make it. The, the flesh gives gives way to that which is more powerful. 
So the presence of God, the power of God, the might of God, we stand before him as a child of God in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. So because of Jesus, we can enter in. It says, come to the throne of grace to find help in time of need in the name of Jesus. So we have this amazing privilege. It wasn't under the old covenant where we could not stand under the presence. God's presence is available and Jesus is glorious. So we are very blessed to have his presence in our lives. Amen. So I want to talk about um, recapping quickly about conflict. A conflict is a serious disagreement. It's a clash and it began in the Garden of Eden. <laughs> and the effects of disobedience, wow, with our first spiritual parents, Adam and Eve, because they disobeyed God, were long lasting and tragic. So all of God's creation then would come under that curse. Human relationships, family were broken, families were broken, marriage was a battleground. Here's the key right there. The very first couple, Adam and Eve, when they sinned, it's it's classic. You have to look in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, 2, and 3. Just go ahead and reread that, would you? Chapters 1, 2, and 3 in Genesis. Just get a little overview of the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth and what happened when God made man. And, and, and what you first see is that when this couple got into trouble and the serpent tempted Eve, his wife, he, later he called her Eve. They were both Mr. and Mrs. Adam, really. They blamed, um, first of all, it's funny, Adam blamed God. He said, this woman that you gave me, you know, she, she gave me the fruit and I ate. You know? And Eve said it was the serpent. He, he deceived me, right? And so in a sense, Adam was blaming God. Like, it's your fault. You gave her to me. Did you ever notice the blame game when people have serious disagreements, conflict, for example, anger in their lives? They like to blame other people for their own problem. You, you know, that is a curse, by the way. You are not walking in your new nature in Christ. So the struggle between two opposing forces in our nation right now, the attitudes, the opinions, the interests, the trigger conflict are clashes right now. And what are these things that lead to conflict? Well, it says from the very beginning in Genesis, the Bible says the woman's seed would be in conflict with Satan's seed. So the whole planet, like the whole planet would be affected by the devil's seed that would come up in the earth and try to oppose Antichrist, the seed of God. You know, the devil was cursed by God. He did. He said, I'm sending a Messiah that's going to break your lordship. So the first real curse, prophetic word that went forth was from God himself. But then there was conflict because they had entered in and were born again, if you will, into this wrong spirit. Lucifer was a fallen angel, a fallen being that was beautiful. And he is something that you need to look at because Jesus revealed the truth to um, us about him in John chapter 10. He said, the thief cometh not before to kill. This is his character, steal and destroy. But I'm come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So the life of God is in Jesus. Opposite is the devil or Satan, formerly Satan, Lucifer. Luce Satan and Lucifer is the same thing. Lucifer, title Satan, the devil, who tempted the first man and woman, right? So Jesus said, evil thoughts, murder, greed, evil acts, pride in your heart, 
This is the source of fights that come from a selfish desire from within. So leading to a selfish desire, well, that's where I kind of stop there. But what I want to emphasize in this message, which I didn't on Sunday night, was about a negative emotion called anger, which is born out of, we need sometimes our emotions are not healed yet. I mean, many people think that when they're a born again child of God, that everything is right now. Well, we go from glory to glory. We're not, we're saved, but we are growing in the Lord until we see him face to face. And so back to the blame game, if only I, this, if only this person would have, if only um, this person didn't do this, then I wouldn't have done that. That's the blame game. If only blah, 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 you know, uh, <laughs> it comes out of really self selfishness. You know, the way we see God, by the way, is through our earthly parents who reflected his image. Do you know that? So if you see God as an angry, frustrating, he ignores you, he doesn't pay any attention to you, poor you, it's probably because when you were a child or you were even in the womb, you felt neglected. You, you were unwanted, right? But God, he comes and he can change that and he can um, actually heal us. You know, the Bible says, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows and pains. Yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes, we are healed. We are healed. It says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one of us to our own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He had borne, or excuse me, he had poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors. And he bore the sin of many. And he made intercession for the transgressors. Isaiah 53, 4 through 6 and 12. God is revolutionary and he can repair and damaged emotions can be healed. But this healing comes through us looking at it. Honestly, like there are two selves there are you and then there's this other person. Who's this person you're presenting to God? How do you talk to God? Are you real? The real you. Like if you are really hurt or angry at God or at something, you need to talk about that to God. You need to go to God and say, this isn't right, you know? Sometimes um, people hide their anger and they push it down in this conflict with anger. And they know, well, I shouldn't be angry. It's wrong to be angry, right? Well, we all know that. It's wrong to be angry. But if it's an unjust anger and you've been abused or used, you know, you need to deal with that. Is there a real you? There's a real you or there's an image or a picture of yourself which is distorted. Do you have an imaginary picture of yourself? Like perfect? Yeah. So nobody is. And so you need to get over yourself because you're not. And you need to deal with yourself and quit blaming others, okay? For the way things happen. The conflict in your life. There's a super you and then there's this conflict and you're angry, but you won't admit it. The Bible says be angry, but be careful. Anger becomes resentment and it becomes bitter. And when it happens to you, you can never even allow yourself then some to express anger. You won't even allow yourself to be aware that you're angry. You've denied it. You deny it so much, you push it down into an inner self where it's just simmering in there. It's festering and it comes out 
as disguises emotional problems, comes out in marital conflicts, it comes out in forms of physical illness. Anger is 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 a is an emotion. It's part of God's image in the human personality, but it can be used in a constructive way. Anger can be used in a constructive way. Like for instance, I'm writing this book on pro-life and the baby in the womb needs justice, right? And there's kind of an anger, but it's a right kind of anger. It's not directed at anyone really in particular. It's really just about the situation and how these preborn babies have been murdered like since 1973. Over 60 million, according to the Right to Life, have been aborted since Roe v. Wade was uh, the case that ruled in the Supreme Court for abortion as legal in America. And so there is an angry resentment there. It's a different kind of anger, so don't confuse it. Uh, Anger that tries to control... It tries to get out of control. It's improper. It wants to control someone else. Ephesians 4.26, be angry but sin not. That doesn't mean it's all right if I get angry. Paul said be angry, but then he said be quick to add, but be careful, he added, excuse me. Super. It's super wrong to say, you know, I have a right to be angry, and then you attack everyone. You make everybody's life miserable. Do you know anybody like that in your life or around you? Have you seen anger displayed in a wrong way where it attacks? It's very sharp. It's like a jab. It attacks others because you're simmering in there. You've got some issues inside of you. Don't tinker and play around with the Holy Spirit, okay? Don't do that. If you have damaged emotions, you need healing. You know, when it says he bore our iniquities, do you know what that word means? He bore them in his own body. He understood them. He took it upon himself. Those are weaknesses. Those are weaknesses. We have them. There are tendencies that you have. And basically, some of that came iniquity is unrepentant sin. That's a family generational curse that's passed down. There are certain characteristics and qualities that are in people that are good and bad. But the bad ones you can see it. You go, oh, he looks just like his dad. Oh, he acts just like his uncle. Well, that's how his father is, good or bad, right? And you you have some of the same characteristics and weaknesses of your mother. Did you know that? You have some of the same characteristics of your father. Did you know that? You need to take a hard look at that. You know why I say that? Because that helped me tremendously in my walk with the Lord when I was a very young Christian when I was in my prayer closet before the Lord with my notebook and my, at that time I didn't have my iPad or iPhone and you know, the Bible, basically, I just had one Bible and I didn't have like 70, like I do now or whatever, but I had one Bible and I had one notebook and one or one journal. I journaled and I began to pray and seek the Lord and read the word and study it for myself. And when I did, the Lord would bring things to my attention regarding generational sin or generational iniquity. And he said, those things are passed down. And if they're not repented of by someone in the family and turned away from, it will continue. It has a right then until it's stopped by the power in the name and blood of Jesus. If someone isn't a born again Christian in your family, that trait will be passed down. So you see people are predisposed to certain diseases and the doctor asks for you to give an inventory or history, right? And you don't think anything of that. It's amazing to me. People say, oh yeah, so-and-so had that. And so-and-so had that. 
And when you're getting older like me, you start seeing, you know, some of these things. But when you're younger, you don't really think about them, right? But who in your family was kind of off emotionally? Who in your family was emotionally, you know, not quite right? You know, who in your family um, that you know of, I should say, that had some issues with sexual sin? Who in your family was not a good mother or a good father and didn't provide for their children? You need to take a look at that. And then you need to say, Lord, I'm going to do warfare against this. I, I don't want this in my life. And then stop doing it. You don't just say it. You know, you know what the simple way to get healed of damaged emotions, so simple it's silly, is go to God and say, I've sinned. God, I've sinned against you. My family has sinned against you. Father, I see it. When you get a hold of that and you check that weakness out or that iniquity out that has not been repented of, believe me, you will get it and you will say, it is not coming up. That crop is not growing up. If I have anything to do with it, I'm stopping it now. You know, when I was doing my inventory on generational curses in like 1983 or something, I remember the Lord brought something to my attention. He goes, now I want you to write down all the positive things that you inherited. (laughs) I love God. Don't you love the Holy Spirit? He's like so powerful. You know, all this conflict and negative emotions and, you know, and, you know, anger or whatever, or resentment or family curses or people that got sick in a certain area, people that were, now I want you to write down all the positive things. So then I wrote like a whole list of things of people in my family. It was so interesting, you know, to see, you know, where the blessings were, if you will, and then where the enemy got in and was able to steal from the family. And one was in the area of relationships, which is classic. I just told you in the Bible, Genesis chapters 1, 2, and 3, the story of creation, the story of man and woman, our first spiritual parents, died spiritually. The whole world went into a catatonic state. The whole orphan planet, I call it, orphaned planet. They adopted and received another God. Yeah, the God of this world who is orphaned. He won't be ruled by anyone. His very name, the very name of the devil, Beelzebub, Baal, comes from the root word Baal, which was the God, the Canaanite God they worshiped and burned and sacrificed their children to. The worst of the worst dynasty was a um, was Ahab and uh, Jezebel, Baal, B-A-A-L. She was the high priestess, priestess of this religion, this false religion she brought into Israel and she set up her altars. Her husband did this for her, erected them, and they began to bow down. He he began to he was an apostate. He began to bow down to her God. See, you get you get in trouble. When you look at the Bible and you see the person that you're hooked up with, man oh man, will they affect you? Will you be affected? You are affecting them, infecting them with your stuff. You know, sometimes we say, oh, this is so bad. But look at yourself. Look at yourself. What are you doing about that? You know, in your life. So back to the simple way. The simple way is take a look at yourself and say, God, this weakness is in me. Help me. The Holy Spirit is excellent because he's a helper, intercessor, standby man, counselor. I love that. He comes alongside of us and he says, what can I help you with? I'm like, Lord, help me with this. This is, I'm I'm overwhelmed or I need your help here. See, that's the way he wants to hear from us. You know, it's just 
the real you, not the imagined you. Oh, God, here I come again. I can't really talk to you about how I feel. I'm very angry, but I better not tell you that. Okay, Did, can I just give you a little hint, clue here? God already knows that you're stinking angry, okay? He already knows you have weaknesses. I know that's a revelation for some people, but he really does know you inside and out. That's why it's best to get to know him. That's why it's best to hang out with Jesus, have a day with Jesus. People talk about Sabbath. The Sabbath, the law, the Sabbath law, you couldn't work, you couldn't do anything, you couldn't tie your donkey, you couldn't wear any clothes, you couldn't take a bath, whatever, you couldn't heal, you couldn't do nothing on the Sabbath, couldn't cook, nothing, couldn't start a fire, any kind of work-related thing you couldn't do. Okay? Just kind of exaggerated a little bit there, but that's what the Sabbath was. It was a day to remember the Lord. In principle, we are to have a Sabbath rest. In Hebrews, it says, we are no longer under the law, Hebrews chapter 7, but we remember in principle to rest. Remember to think about the Lord. It could be Saturday was their day. It could be Sunday. It could be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the day off. But that's a day you spend with the Lord. Spend a day with Jesus. And ask him about these things. Lord, in my family, where do you want me to pray? Where do you want me to cut off this thing? Where is this sin festering? And I'm going to stop with me. Start with me and stops with me. That's what you need to say. Simple. Make it simple. It's going to be confessed. It's not just confess it over and over. It's admitting it. Some people aren't even at stage one yet. Did you know some of you in your mind... You aren't even admitting anything that you do. It's always somebody else's fault. Or you're so negative about yourself because you have this perfectionist God and goddess image, which is false. You need to tear that thing down. They need, you know, God wanted Ahab not to build these altars to Baal and worship the devil (laughs) with his wife Jezebel. (laughs) But instead, somebody else had to come and tear them down, Jehu and destroy the prophets of Baal, Elijah, okay? Because God had to send his men and women in to do this work. This is essentially what I'm doing right now. I'm I'm building up you up and I'm pulling down some idols, right? In our lives and saying, do warfare man on it. Say, it's enough. 20, the next year, I am not going to fall sway to the weaknesses of my family I was born into. You know, some of you were born into knucklehead families, sorry. Some of you were born into amazing families, right? But no family was without sin. All of them have fallen natures until they're born again and get to know Jesus as their Savior and Lord and confess their sins to him. And then they're children of God. So nobody is born into this planet, pauper, billionaire, prince, you know, whatever you are. You're not born with a perfect nature. You are not perfect. So the first time that you come to God, it's, wow, I am not perfect. You are perfect, Jesus. So what's the solution with conflict and and overcoming conflict and getting into that glory state with the Lord? Now, God can purge us with his blood of internal conflicts that happened in the fall of man when he fell and he can take that and redeem it and bring us back to himself. But we've got to get on his team. We've got to be part of a team player here. We can't be living in another world, a false world. You know, we can't. So he can da- re- repair the damage. He can break the curse 
Anything that's become becoming between become a problem between you and God, it's your anger, and it's been set, festering in there. It's a damaged emotion. It's part of a weakness. Probably came to you from in the womb. You know, you know your mother maybe was not so crazy about being pregnant or something. Who knows what her relationship was her father? Is there divorce there? Is there infidelity there? I mean, if there is, you might get that understand that I mean. So infirmity is a weakness. And Jesus said this in Matthew 11, come to me, all you are labored, feel labor, uh, labored and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. That word souls there is your emotion, part of your mind and your emotions. In Hebrews 4, he says, there remains therefore a rest, that's that Sabbath rest, a peace to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his works, as God did from his. Let us labor therefore to enter into rest. So he's talking there about, in principle, honoring the rest of God. God God created heaven and earth, it said, and then he rested on the seventh day. He stopped all of his labor. I mean, you're trying. I'm trying to talk about a God that you can't define with human terms, but let's just say he was tired and he said, I'm going to rest. It looks it's good. Everything's good. It's really good. That's what God wants you to say. He wants you to say, Lord, I'm going to enter into rest and I'm going to let you point out any weaknesses in me. And if it's anger, which is a negative emotion, I need to deal with that emotion. I, uh, before I close on this little podcast, I, I you know, I, I wanted to talk about, um, Something I heard, I was listening to Focus on the Family the other day, a broadcast, and I don't remember the guy's name, so it's a very brief thing. And, and he just, I'm just going to give you the over punchline, is that he worked in some area of sports, and he remembered a memory about his father who took him to his first ball game, like it was a big deal, I guess, in New York or whatever. And his dad was a pretty big guy. This is a kid, 10 years old. He had two brothers, and or 11 years old, and he went to his first big game. It was so exciting, but something very negative happened, and it left a scar and a mark on him, this man. He said his dad got angry. He was drinking you know, beer and stuff at the, the ballpark, and he got angry at some of the other fans who were, I guess, Philly fans, and his dad was a fan, a New York fan. I'm not, I didn't get the whole thing. It was something like Philly or New York. I, I don't remember, honestly, which one it was, but he got into a fight with, I guess, verbally with some of the men, people around him. And he said, the ride back home, this young, young, this man today said he'll never forget left such an impression on his heart about anger, was that his dad was drunk and he was swerving in and out. And this went on for like four hours. He said, four hour drive home. And he said, this is the most frightening experience. It left a mark on him about anger, anger and resentment. Many of us have bad memories. Okay, God wants to heal any memories in our childhood. We have some of those where people treated you badly, where you were hurt, where you were frightened, whatever that that it was anger, something to do with anger. You need to let the Lord come now and heal you because he is the healer of broken hearts. He is the healer. Jesus came to heal broken hearts, the fractured heart. So you say, well, I'm not even going to go there. You need to let the Holy Spirit come down right now and cleanse you. But he first ha- you first have to be willing. He can't just bust his way into your life. You've got to allow him to come, Lord Jesus, come now. 
and open up my heart and mind that I might see my weaknesses so I can give them to you, Lord. You bore them. You took them on the cross, my weaknesses, my sorrows, my pains, my rejection, my orphan spirit, you know. You 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 took all that. And I'm not going to start blaming other people or targeting other people for my latent, wrong, late behavior that I've built up resentment and for years and years and years and years and un- unwilling to release that to you, Lord. So right now, Holy Spirit, I pray, Father, on this um, podcast that you would go down deep and every single person listening, come Holy Spirit and begin to heal the fractured heart, the damaged emotion, the memory, healing of memories, Lord. Walk through that with them, Lord, back through that time and bring it up to them. Not bring it up to them because you, you want to pain them and remind them over and over about the sin involved there. No, but bring that memory up, Lord, and then show them, give this to me and forgive yourself, but forgive others quickly and let it go. Let it drop. Give it to me, says the Lord. I hear the Lord saying that prophetically. Just give it right now to me. Give it to the Lord, would you? In your time of listening to this, just say, Lord, here's the angry resentment. Here's the way I feel. Just tell him. Tell it to Jesus. Say, Lord, take this from me. I don't want it anymore. It could go back for generations, but I'm stopping it right here and now, Lord. And I'm bringing it to the cross, that weakness in me. That is a weakness in you. Admit that to the Lord. Lord, it is a weakness. And I ask you to forgive me, Lord. I ask you to heal me of a broken heart, Lord. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, thank you that you bore my sins on the cross. Thank you, Lord, that you healed my broken heart. Now begin to confess the truth. Thank you, Lord, that you loved me enough to die for me. Thank you, Lord, that you rescued me from this crazy planet that was orphaned and where we accepted, Lord, this false god, this devil, who is an orphan, an outlaw, rebel, angel, and that we took on that rebellion, the fatherlessness that he has. We took his spirit, Lord, and we reject it. We come against it in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we ask you, forgive our sins. And if you are not born again right now, ask Jesus to come in. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and forgive me this holiday season, Lord. I believe you came. You came as a baby, yes, but you always were God and you were with God in the beginning. And you came to rescue us and you came, you were born a babe in Bethlehem, but you grew up and you were a man and you healed the brokenhearted. You healed sicknesses and diseases and miraculous signs and wonders, Lord. And then those who nailed you on the tree, Lord, you actually used that to take my sin. And you went into the bowels of the earth, the Bible says, and you led captivity to captive and you paralyzed the power of the enemy. You made an open show of the devil. You triumphed over him. You went, you died, you went into that place. You rose up out of the grave. You defeated the grave and hell and death. And then you ascended back into heaven. You're at your father's right hand and you are Lord. Jesus, you are Lord. So I believe, I believe God, you raised Jesus from the dead for my justification And I receive your life, new life, Lord. Change my heart, Lord. Come in and change me 
this holiday season. Heal my family. Heal all these broken relationships. Turn my mourning and my sorrow and my sadness into dancing, Lord, for you. As I look into your beautiful face and worship you in your glory, come, Holy Spirit. May your presence, your power, and your glory just flood everyone listening to this call. Just power of God right now. Come and just reach out. Lift up your arms and say, Lord, I receive at this time what I need from you, Lord, your glory, your presence. In Jesus' name, I pray, by the power and blood of Jesus, may the Lord bless you and keep you, and may the Lord show himself strong on your behalf. If you've become a child of God, that you would also connect with others who are reborn children of God and connect in a fellowship, whether it's online or physically, but you would get to the house of God. We are a house of the Lord. We are a temple of the living God, but there are people that are like-minded and we can fellowship with them. But you know what? You need to be built up because there's a whole body of Christ and there are all sorts of gifts God gives to help us to grow. Start reading your Bible. Start reading in the Gospels. Start with the Gospel of John and begin to read the New Testament. Get a translation that you can read and begin to talk to God and pray every day and seek Him. The Lord loves you and He'll keep you. But if you haven't, uh, I mean, if you ha- if you have 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 already received Jesus and you don't need to do that, then ask the Lord to just fill you more with the power of the Holy Spirit right now. The Holy Spirit come and just baptize everyone in your Holy Spirit and fire this holiday season. And Lord, let everyone know your love and your protection, and um, not fall away, Lord, from you because of all the hustle and bustle and the. I call it, you know, commercialism of the holidays. And and even though it looks like everybody is painting a Hallmark picture of, you know, perfect, no one is perfect and no one has a perfect family, Lord. We are born again into the family of God and you are a father. And we trust you, Lord, to make our holidays, to make Christmas the meaning, the true meaning of Christmas come out and the true meaning of being thankful on Thanksgiving that we don't take those things for granted, the things we have. And Lord, we pray for a country that the conflict will stop, to cease. The impeachments and the, the constant barrage, the constant fighting and the constant hatred and the perceptions that are wrong and, and all these things we're talking about. Lord, really, behind the scenes, it's the, the enemy of our soul, the Antichrist spirit that is fighting against God himself. Lord, we expose that now in the name of Jesus. And I would say to you, if you have problems right now within yourself, you may need to seek out help. You may need to seek out a Christian counselor. You may may need to seek out a Christian psychologist. If you have real issues in holiday time, you may get some help. Don't be afraid. Don't hide. And don't be afraid to think, well, I don't need any help. You do. Because if the same thing is repeated, listen to me. Every single year, if an incident or a thing in your life happens, if it's depression, anxiety, whatever, and it's repeated all of the time, it's constant, it's pervasive, it's it's there. It's not something you can just shake. We all we're all depressed. I mean, we all get upset. We all get angry. I'm not talking about that. But this is something that is constant. You really need to seek out help. 
because the Lord loves you. He doesn't want you to feel sick. He doesn't want you to be sad. He doesn't want you to feel lonely. He doesn't want you to feel rejected. But you know what? Those feelings are not always true. It's the way you perceive it. I'm not saying that you aren't really suffering something. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not, I'm sympathizing with you, but I'm saying we need other people in our lives to show us what does that really look like? What is that really? You know what I mean? Is it real? If it is, the Lord wants to heal you of it because he loves you and he cares about you. So I thank you for being on this podcast with me today. And I I pray there was one thing that you laid hold of that helped you, maybe to help someone else. Maybe, Maybe you'll say, well, that's not really about me. Yeah, but it was for someone else. Do you see that? If it was for you, lay hold of it, praise God. But if it wasn't, it could be for someone else that you're supposed to share this with or minister to someone close to you during the holiday time that suffers in this way. So please feel free to send the podcast out in Jesus' name. I love you and I bless you. Have a great holiday. Bye-bye.